This is the Made of Savannah podcast. Welcome to a Savannah Snippets episode. My name is Dee Daniels, your host, welcoming guests to the table in the hostess city of the South to talk about all things Savannah. We're talking about real estate in this episode with several snippets from our expert guests, including Michael Caputo from First Coast Mortgage, Brooke Willis, real estate agent, and the president and vice president of Corcoran Austin Hill Realty, Stephanie Wilson-Evans and Austin Hill. The real estate market in Savannah is all always a hot topic and it's certainly getting some extra buzz right now with new listings popping up every day. If you want to see what's new, check out CorcoranAHR.com. That's CorcoranAHR.com or stop in the beautiful offices at 251 Bowl Street in the heart of the historic district. I hope you enjoy the snippets episode and of course reach out to us with any comments or questions at Made of Savannah on Instagram or you can email me D at ddanielsmedia.com. My next guest here on the podcast, the one and only Michael Caputo from the Caputo team at First Coast Mortgage. You have a, a process to go through and a lot of people are very curious about, especially first time home buyers are very curious about, you know, what that process looks like. How long does it take to get into the house of your dreams or the, or the first house that you're like, okay, this is my starter house and this is what we're doing. And we've got plans beyond this. Is there an average time? Can you give a time frame to that? Well, I would say the market has definitely changed. There's kind of pre COVID numbers and, and, and then post. So pre COVID, I think the average first time home buyer was in 4.62 years. Um, so I moved seven times in 14 years. Mm. Because if you stay in a home for two years as your primary residence, when you sell it, most of that gain can be tax-free. Right. Um, and so a lot of folks now, especially in the current market, are starting to see how much equity they have in their home and being able to sell and put that money to work, whether it's paying off student loans, other debt, uh, investing for college. So the growth that we've seen in the market and a lot of what you know, people building wealth through real estate, um, the recent surge in prices has been very helpful for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Now that certainly presents problems for some of the people trying to get into the market. So the conversations that we're having now are really about how do we make this market work for you? As in where interest rates are, where prices are, where your income, where your debt is. I would definitely say the conversations have gotten longer mm -hmm. um, as there is more concern. Um, I don't think fear is the right word because I think a lot of people are passionate about where they want to live. Right. Um, and so understanding that there's more than one way to get there. Um, some people are open to more risk than others. Right. Uh, if you ask me what I do, I say I help people manage their risk mm -hmm. as it relates to their finances, um, depending on the stage of life that they're at as well. Um, so we kind of figure out where they stand and then we can offer some suggestions. Right. And then everyone has different combinations of savings they want to have left over, monthly payment comfort, uh, cash that's available. Um, and it doesn't matter where someone is starting the journey. I once worked with one lady for six and a half years before she was ready to buy. Oh, wow. So everybody is at a little bit different spot in life. And I think some um, people coming into the market are always afraid of being told no. And so I would say in 30 years, I've never told anybody no. Sometimes it's not right now. 
we're going to do A, B, and C, mm-hmm. right? And so this is the progression. Some people have to make you know structural changes, uh, spending changes. Um, so it doesn't matter where you are. The most important thing is to is to get a plan, and as best as you can, stick to said plan. Um, and then I like to say, if it's important enough to someone, they'll find a way to get from point A to point B, and we're here to help them do that. Oh yeah, I, I mean, especially you know with life changes that you either want or you just have to shift through, you know, and, and, and work through either way, something's going to get you there. If you, if you want or need to get there. I'll tell you, I've, I've learned, uh, I've asked a little bit more direct questions. I think a little bit later in the business, I almost want to get someone to say, how important is this? Mm. Cause there's a certain percentage of folks that will and will not follow the plan. Right. And so we just try and help people understand how important it is to them. And then what's the most likely way they will be successful, right? Uh, Again, a lot of things changed with COVID, especially with the concept of remote work. Mm -hmm. So we now have people moving here. It's not like it was before, you know, from from all over and all over uh, different income uh, levels. So it, it, it definitely is more competitive if you look at the number of buyers that want to move here versus inventory that's available. Um, So we help people, our, our job is to try and help them win. Right. Yeah. Winning can mean different things. Getting your offer accepted, most people would say is winning. Sure. But, you know, there's a certain price, you know, and trying to help people understand where their comfort level is. In the old days, it was what's the most I could do. Right. Right. And now it's like, okay, here's that number. Let's talk about what you're comfortable with. Right. And so and that's where this may not be the forever house. You know, if this is the two to three year house until two more kids are out of the house, great. If it's your first house, it's probably not going to have every dream item you want in the house. So I think sometimes managing those expectations and certainly the way they work with their agent to understand what is it that we're looking for increases the odds of success by being more clear on what this phase really is about. Very excited to be talking real estate in this episode. And from Corcoran Austin Hill Realty, real estate agent Brooke Willis is with us on the show today. Brooke, you're going to see so much water between downtown and Tybee. Like mm-hmm. there's so much availability as far as, you know, great views and, you know, just a really good like water living lifestyle that I think it's just not on everyone's radar. So they don't look there first because of course people think oceanfront and of course people think downtown. Right. Mm -hmm. But the in-between that is just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. It's actually my favorite place in Savannah. Um, You still have, it's like marsh view. You Mm -hmm. can still have a dock. You can still like, if, if you're deep water access, you can have a boat or a boat lift. There's plenty of marinas that you can store your boat at. You can throw a kayak in, a paddleboard. Um, you have all that water recreation, same as you would on Tybee, and it's just not as expensive. Right, right. Yeah, which may be a much better option, especially right now. So you were talking earlier about the leverage process and how that might look a little bit better right now mm-hmm. for buyers. Wow, what a different world that is now than it was, you know, a year or two ago where like everything was just flying off and sellers had all the, all the leverage power. Uh, you can definitely say, Hey, do you mind, you know, lowering your cost by 10, 15 grand and can you throw five grand in a closing? 
And that automatically will save you $20,000. Right. And although the interest rate may be a little higher now, you still have 20 grand less you're dishing out, but you can refinance later. Right. I'm excited to welcome our first two guests, the president and vice president of Corcoran Austin Hill Realty, two of the most sought after real estate professionals in the Savannah area, both with hearts for history, preservation, and serving the community. Stephanie Wilson Evans and Austin Hill. I just feel like so many stories are are just, just hidden behind all of these buildings and behind all of the doors. You, I know Austin, work very closely with Historic Savannah Foundation. Do you have a favorite, every building has a story story? Yeah. Um, so interestingly enough, I mean, uh, a lot of people talk about the architecture and kind of the um, the different uh, wonderful styles and, and, and how diverse Savannah is architecturally and the, the really, really fine architects that we had uh, come here as, from New York or Boston or wherever. But it's very interesting to me that unlike other historic cities, you know, Savannians don't, the prominence isn't really in the architecture, who the architect was or, you know, what kind of fancy antiques you have or what kind of fabric you have over your windows. It really is the Savannah, the Savannah charm and this, what Savannians remember is who you had in your house and Mm. what kind of times you had. Everything in Savannah really is based on stories and it doesn't have to be some fancy house in the historic district you know we have stories from from every corner of this town from every walk of life and uh, that's what kind of gets passed down and what gets uh, carried on and um, that's why with historic savannah foundation yeah we we preserve buildings and places and but it but it is our one of our top three goals is to preserve uh, the stories um, and the legacies that kind of live on uh, in this town. Um, what do you guys call, we talk a lot about the area and it being downtown and historic and the islands. What is the Savannah area location for you guys? What are the boundaries? What's the area look like landscape wise? Well, I mean, there's your <laughs> historic uh, boundaries and then everybody else kind of pushes the boundaries a mm-hmm. little bit, you know, and what you refer to as the historic district. But I mean, you have clear parameters for the national landmark historic district um, which is uh, from uh, basically River Street, Bay Street on the north side to um, to Martin Luther King Street on the on the west side and East Broad Street on the east side. Uh, and then technically the National Landmark Historic District ends um, at Gwinnett Street. So uh, bisecting Forsyth Park. But I mean, honestly, the Historic District goes much further than that. And I think most people would argue that it probably goes as far south, the Victory Drive. Um, so you have a lot of great uh, Victorian Historic Districts like Thomas Square Streetcar um, Historic District. And that really are part of, you know, what Savannians and what people visiting Savannah uh, view as the Historic District. I mean, when I was growing up, you didn't really go uh, south of Forsyth Park, but I mean, it's become such a vibrant, vibrant area, um, in a great, great, cool artistic area on yeah, that that's south where all the part cool of Bull kids Street. Oh my yeah, gosh, exactly. yes! Yeah. I stumbled on yeah. the first Friday down there not that long ago. Oh my gosh, it was the best thing I've ever seen. I mean, just artists on every corner, and you, you would never and music around the corner and a drag show around the next corner. I was like, what is happening? This is fantastic. It's awesome, right? Yeah, and yeah. in Starlin Yard, I mean, oh, you're never going to have a bad time there. 
Ardsley Station. Mm-hmm. So I guess then you go south of the Victoria District. That's you're hitting Ardsley Park, and then all of a sudden you're into Habersham Woods, where we are now. And then further on out, and you've got Isle of Hope, and then you're hitting places like Burnenburg and the landings, and all of those places are part of Savannah, and we cannot go without speaking about the islands. So Marsh, Wilmington, um, and then, of course, Tybee, Tulehi, Oatland. I mean, there are several of them, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and all of that makes up Savannah and the Low Country. And I think that everybody pretty much thinks of Savannah as any anywhere from the coast to um, I mean, goodness, Pooler is probably where, even though that's still part of the Savannah area, that is kind of the next spot that people would think of. And really, you're Savannah all, all the way down to Richmond Hill. And yeah, I mean, they're, again, there's small municipalities in between there, but all of that makes up this, this region. But again, now we're seeing so much growth. I think that they're, soon we might be considering Savannah to Statesboro, and that's used to just be farmland. People moved out there to get into the country. Right. We'd love for you to share this podcast with someone you love or even someone you don't love. You never know, it could mend a fence. Make sure to follow the Made Up Savannah podcast so it's always in your podcast feed. And you can follow along with what we're doing on Instagram, at Made of Savannah on Instagram. 